Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste. Namaste, everyone. Tonight on page 206 of the Devi Gita, we're going to commence the study of chapter 11, and we're going to begin the study of puja. And Himalaya said, O goddess of the gods, great lord of all, ocean of compassion, divine mother, explain the system of proper worship so I can praise you myself. Hey, I don't want to have to go through a priest. I don't need an agent, any intermediary. Let me get a relationship going with you myself. And the goddess said, the system of worship is being elucidated, O king, by which the divine mother is pleased with great faith. Listen, O hero of the mountains. My worship is of two kinds, external and internal. The external worship is also of two kinds, known as Vedic and Tantric. And actually, I'm going to give you a third kind. We may get it in the next chapter. I'm going to cheat and go ahead. There's the third kind is Mishra. Ah, so you have Vedic in which all the mantras are Vedic. You have Tantric in which we have the weaving of the warp and the woof and summarizing all of the, synthesizing all of the various branches of knowledge that we've been studying. And we have Mishra, which uses some Vedic and some Tantric and mixes it all together with the, the Puranic and the Tantric and the Vedic. And it's all one system of worship. It's a Padavati. Our pujas are Mishra. We have Vedic mantras, we have Tantric mantras, we have Puranic mantras, we have mantras that Sri Ma herself has given to us. The Vedic worship is also of two kinds because of different images of worship. Those who follow the Vedic path have received instruction in a Vedic lineage as well as initiation in a Vedic mantra. Those initiated in tantric practices become followers of the tantra. This is the secret of worship, and all should know it is not other. It's no big deal. Either you learn Vedic practices and Vedic mantras, or you learn Puranic or tantric, or you learn the mixture of the two. For example, our pujas are Misra. They, we use Vedic mantras. Uh, we use Puranic mantras. We use Tantric mantras. We weave together the warp and woof of all the knowledge and synthesize it, and that makes our pujas. So it's not a big deal. It's not a, a other. It's nothing a, 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 a exceptional. Now, remember, when we're talking about tantric, we're not talking about having sex with your whoever and doing all kinds of weird things. This is not the tantra that we're talking about. We're talking of tantra as the synthesis of all the knowledge that you've acquired. Those foolish beings who do discriminate against Vedic or tantric worship fall from the path totally. Oh, he's, he's a Mayavadi, or he's a, he's a, a Vedantin. Or, uh, they, they call each other names. And they, in doing so, they've fallen from the path completely. 
Then first, I shall describe the path known as Vedic. My actual supreme form that you perceived, with innumerable heads, eyes, innumerable feet, containing all energy which sets in motion all movement higher than the highest, eternally worship that only. Meditate on me and remember me. I'm Nirakar. I have no specific form. The higher than the highest, beyond conception, beyond thought. If you can go into Nirgun Brahman, close your eyes and move into Samadhi. Remember me. That this is the essence of the first form of offering that I am explaining to you, O Mountain. Full of peace, equanimity, controlling expressions of ego, sacrifice to that highest existence, Vedanta, Ant, the Ant Abed, the highest wisdom. Now, Abed has no Ant, but we call it Vedanta. Because how can you have a limit to infinity? There is no limit to infinity. If you have infinite wisdom, the apex, it's like in our chandi, her feet cover the earth, and the top of her crown reaches to the highest extent of the atmosphere. How high is that? Where does it stop? No one can say. <laughs> With an attitude of intensity, of great love and devotion, embrace me and no other. There is not a second beyond me. With the offering of sacrifice and yajna and various forms of yajna. Right now we're doing gyan yajna. Before we were doing bhakti yajna. One day we did uh, agni yajna. We did agni hotra. We did various kinds of yajna union through Karma yoga is yajna. With the offering of sacrifice, purifying austerities, any tapasya we do, any charitable gifts, dan, whatever you can do, please me. In this way, from my kindness, liberation will be obtained from the bonds of existence. Whoever absorbs his consciousness fully upon me, the highest is the foremost among devotees. Again, who performs all actions with meditation, devotion, and wisdom united. All karma with bhakti, gyan, and dhyan. All four yogas, dhyan, gyan, bhakti, and karma, they're all present and they're all united, will be delivered from being reborn in this world. Just one continuous life in bliss. If you perform dhyan, gyan, bhakti, and karma, you don't have to be reborn because you won't ever die. <laughs> So then you don't have to worry about coming back because you're not going anywhere, anywhere. Once you realize that my jivatma is one with the paramatma and every action we perform is done with dhyan, gyan, bhakti, and karma. 
then I no longer am attached to the body. I can change bodies like I change my shirt. And I don't go anywhere. Who dies? I just change the body. Why shall I worry about being reborn when I'm not going to die anyway? I am not this body. This is a temple of God. Again, who performs all actions with meditation, devotion, and wisdom united will be delivered from being reborn in the world. I grant him or her the total attainment, O king, but not to him who only works without meditation, devotion, and wisdom united. If you're just doing what you got to do and tolerating the burdens of life and bearing your responsibilities and shouldering your duties, well, you're kind of bound, aren't you? <laughs> That's not the symbol of liberation. From the ideal of perfection arises devotion. And from devotion arises the supreme. The knowledge contained in Shruti and Smriti. The Smriti is what has been heard, and the Vedas were originally passed down from mouth to ear, from guru to disciple. They were heard, and they became the Shrutis, and that's the Vedas. And the Smritis are the Puranas. They were written down, and then all to the tune of a hickory stick. You will learn this knowledge. This is the knowledge I prescribe for you. So the Srutis and the Smritis are the, all the books of knowledge. The knowledge contained in Sruti and Smriti is known as Dharma. Exemplifying the ideal of perfection. What has been said in other scriptures is known as Dharmabhash. The explanations. So you've got the tikka and the basha. The tikka are the mantras. And the basha is the explanation, the commentary. So now in the sruti and the smriti is the dharma. Those are the mantras. And in all the other books of commentaries, vedanto, painayanto, kujeberayando kare. Could you sing that song?
United with creation is only Maya. Who can know you? Who can hope to know you unless you yourself show yourselves to them? How many books of wisdom? Vedanta. I search them all and I don't find your light. How can I find your light in a book? I have to find your light in the cave of my heart where there's only darkness and your light will illuminate my darkness. Who can hope to know you? Thank you. Thank you. So the other scriptures is Dharma Bosha. And that's the explanations, the commentaries about Dharma. From my omniscient and omnipotent powers, the Vedas have arisen. I know it all. And I'm everywhere past, and every time, past, present, and future. From this, the wisdom of existence has arisen. Because of my being devoid of ignorance, Shruti, the Vedas, will never prove false. Vedas are proclamations of, of wisdom, of love, of light. Give me the qualities of the nature. Let me be in harmony with the nature. Let me have the stillness of a mountain. Let me have the flowing of the stream or the river. Let me have the liberation of the wind. Let me have the illumination of the sun. Let me have the purity of the fire. How can Vedas be proven false? The Smritis have accepted the meanings of the Vedas. And they have come from the Vedas. So all the Puranas are stories and amplifications. Remember the king got into trouble. He went to the Rishi's ashram. He studied with the Rishi. Rishi said, do this puja, sing this hymn, and the gods will come and give you blessings. And so the, the Smritis have accepted the meanings of the Vedas and they have come from the Vedas. They contain my speeches or knowledge as in the Vedas. And therefore, their validity is proved. A little bit of nyaya. Just a little logic here. Some meanings of the tantras are divided as being unintelligible. For example, take the panchamakha, the five M's, as they call it in, in, uh, amongst uh, uh, dharma bums. Uh, uh, much madera, monks, moitun, and mutra, the five M's, or uh, uh, fish, meat, uh, uh, puff rice. Puff rice. <laughs> mutra has another meaning too. It, it, it's also uh, a, a, uh, anything of the earth, or stool. Moitun uh, and much uh, madera, moitun and mudra. Ah, that's right. Moitun is, is uh, a union between sheep and shakti. Now, if you take the gross meaning of those words, it says, well, we should go in our puja and have a good time. <laughs> Cook me some meat and fish and, and give me some uh, 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 puff rice, and I want a nice girl to sit here, and I'd love to have, uh, I'm going to eat and drink and be merry. 
And then if you take the subtle meaning of each of those elements, it means I want to control my senses, I want to do pranayam, I want to unite the shakti in the muladhara with the shiva in the sahasrara, I want to drink the nectar of immortal bliss, and it has a totally different application if you look at the shukshva bhavana, instead of looking at the stool form of the, the gross element that they're describing. So many, uh, many commentators, uh, many meanings of the mantra, or some meanings of the tantra are divided as being unintelligible. This just doesn't make sense to me. I'm looking for a spiritual solution to, for my life. I don't want to read about or study about or chant about the ingredients for a, a, a wild party. That's not my purpose, it's not my luxury, it's not my goal, it's not my study. Why should I dedicate my mind to the study of the ingredients for a good party? My, my perspective is different. Where they speak in derogation of Dharma, the followers of the Vedas do not accept. So if they're not illuminating the highest ideals of perfection, then we have no need. Other commentators on the scriptures displayed ignorance. Can't get to heaven without a donation. <laughs> Perfect example. It said in the other earlier chapter, Pratigraha Barjit. You can't take except any priestly fee in any place of pilgrimage can't even accept it, even if it's offered to you voluntarily, let alone saying, I'm charging you to do this puja. So other commentators of the scriptures displayed ignorance. They didn't read the second chapter. They only started reading on the 10th chapter or the 11th chapter. Because of contained the fault of malevolent ignorance, they are regarded as without proof or authority. And it is malevolent, malevolent ignorance. Because if I'm trying to profit myself personally from your faith, then that's malevolent. <clears throat> and I am preying upon your ignorance and propagating your ignorance for my personal benefit, my selfishness. And that is in opposition, it's antagonistic, it's in direct confrontation and conflict with the ideals of perfection. Because of containing the fault of malevolent ignorance, they are regarded as without proof or authority. It just has no authority just your gullibility. <laughs> if you are gullible sufficiently, then you will believe the priest who says, okay, give me a donation and I will change the fruit of your karma. Therefore, those who desire liberation must take refuge totally in the meanings of dharma. Just as the king's order is never disregarded among his subjects, to all subjects of the Supreme Lord, my order is that the words of the Vedas will never be abandoned by men. If you listen to the king, then you definitely want to listen to the queen. My order is, don't 
disrespect the dictates of the Vedas. They are pure dharma. It is the pure expression of love and devotion to the highest ideals of perfection. Don't ever abandon the, the words of the Vedas. To protect my order, the Brahmins and the Kshatriya castes responsible for the spiritual and intellectual development and defense of society, respectively, have been produced. So in order to protect this tradition, that was why Brahmins were respected, because they knew the wisdom of the Vedas. Not because they tied a string around their ear, not because they had a tuft, not because they had a tilak, not because they had all the external appurtenances and appearances of being a wise and learned man, but because they protected the teachings of the Vedas. They lived the teachings of the Vedas. And that's why they were respected. The secrets of my creation and of my wisdom are contained in the words of the Vedas. Whenever dharma, the ideal, has been becomes decreased and therein abides, if it, yada yada dharmasya, if it gets less and less of dharma and more and more of adharma, I rise in rebellion against adharma. The antithesis of the ideal. I assume a visible appearance. Just look at her, radiantly shining with a yellow sari. <laughs> Thus the gods and the demons are divided, beings of light and forces of unity, as opposed to the beings of darkness and forces of division, striving for acquisition of the world, O king. So here we have the forces of union, and the forces of division. And the forces of division say, I've got to be me. I've got to be special. Recognize me as special. I'm going to be a somebody in this world. And the forces of union say, look at what we share. Look at what we have, the blessings that we have been given by God. So they're forces of union, and we call them devas. Beings of light, deep to shine. And their forces of division or individuality, the assurance. And they are in constant conflict. Whoever does not act according to Dharma, the purpose, the necessity of teaching them is always with me. For the attainment of this, listening to the fears of hell acts as a deterrent. Behave yourself. <laughs> Something bad is going to happen if you're not a good boy. <laughs> Who has abandoned the ideal of the Vedas, the perfection of unity, and taken refuge in another ideal, namely selfishness, self-aggrandizement, self-conceit, or even self-deprecation, poor me, the king should forcibly remove and banish from his kingdom to dwell with the unrighteousness. Boggle. Wow. <laughs> Get out. You don't belong here if you're not in union with the harmony of, of unity and the, the we of us. You have no place here. The king should forcibly remove. Please. Okay, that's enough. 
Go. If you, there's a whole world out there if you want to be an individual recognized on your own as being something very, very special. If you want to join the we, please come in and come closer. So the king should forcibly re remove or banish from the kingdom. The Brahmin should not converse with them, nor should the assembly accept them, nor the twice-born. What, what need do we have? They're coming to dissuade us from being part of the unity. Other and various scriptures that are with the people and which profess to give learning, where they are contrary to the Srutis and Smritis, only give darkness totally. If you're listening to somebody expounding and propounding and pontificating about something that's in derogation to the ideals of perfection, they're not inspiring the unity and they're not inspiring the union between the soul, the individual and the supreme soul, the divinity. They're not encouraging us to express and manifest divinity through our behavior. It's only darkness. What need do you have to listen to that exposition? Bama, Kapalak, Kolaka, Boiravagam were given by Shiva to direct others towards a small distraction. There is no other voting. And the translator gave a note. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to read the translator's note. It was written some years ago. Life in the world is a small distraction in comparison with the perfection of unity, which is the Vedic ideal. Much of these scriptures deal with life in the world, what we call the karma kant, the, the life in the world. What do you do? What actions do you take to manifest good behavior in society? In Vedic terms, the, those portions must resent, represent at least a small distraction from the Vedic ideal of the perfection of unity. Again, there has frequently been considerable discrepancy between the subtle meanings of certain verses and their application in practice. We just talked about with the Panchmaka, the five M's. Uh, however, in my capacity as a priest, this was written some years ago, and I still agree with this. I personally use Bhamachar, Agamas, and Kolaka Shastras in every puja performed, especially in the samskaras like the memorial services, the initiations, uh, diksha, marriages, births, etc. So we're using these scriptures, but only the portions of these scriptures that are in agreement with Veda. We're using, some of the mantras from Vedas came to the Puranas, they came to the Tantras, and then they came to the Bhamachara and Kapalak and the Kolaka and the Bhairavagama. And they, it, you can find Vedic mantras within them all. We use those portions of those scriptures which are in harmony with the Vedic teachings. For example, at the end of our Kali Puja, we have a, cent a section on Tantra, um, amongst which is the Vidhi for Garbhadhan. Th this is uh, uh, Bhamacha, the behavior which is beloved. Beloved behavior. Bhama doesn't mean left uh, here. It doesn't mean left-handed path. Bhama means the beloved path. 
And Bamachari is the behavior which is beloved. And we use the portions of the Bamachara which show how to increase the love and how do you invite a pure soul into your life, into your to, to take birth in your family. Uh, so it, where it's in derogation of the Vedas, we exclude it. Where it's in harmony and agreement with the Vedas, we include it. Uh, the curse of Daksh, the curse of Brigu, and the curse of Dadichi burned the Brahmins who made a path outside of the Vedas. Uh, you can find some of these curses in the Swami Purana. Uh, there, there were other curses too. And we know to a fact that every time the Brahmins were cursed, it turned out to be the greatest blessing that the Rishis could have given. But in fact, they were cursed that if they used the portions of their scriptures which are not in agreement with the Vedas, then they will fall. And they will use these scriptures as treatises on how to enjoy rather than on how to unite. For the purpose of their step-by-step -step upliftment, always to know the path, the Shaiva Vaishnava Shora Shaktam Ganapatya scriptures for the five sects, uh, whose primary deity is Shiva, Vishnu, uh, the sun and the nine planets, uh, the Shaktas, the Devi or the Ganapati. These are the five branches of Hindu Dharma. And remember, we, we celebrate all five branches in the beginning of the puja. Etiganda Pushpe, Shiva Adi Panchadeva Tabyam. Right there. We, we celebrate them all. They have been given by Shankar. So if, for your step-by-step -step upliftment, they said, okay, start off by worshiping one, Ganesh. Then you worship another. Then you worship more. Then you expand the worship. And expand until you have the Sarvabhadra Mandala Devata. All the gods and goddesses of the excellent circle, which are the entourage of the goddess. We're just starting with a very small... We, we came to America, we made puja in a plate. Ah, we took one tali and we put a flower in the middle and we put an incense and we put some, uh, a candle and we put uh, some flowers and some petals and puja in a plate. And the plate got bigger and bigger and bigger until we had to make a Devi Mandir to, to hold the puja. <laughs> there are some things in agreement with the Vedas and some things that are contrary. If the followers of Vedas practice those things that are in agreement, then no fault will arise. The practice of those passages which have a meaning totally contrary to the Vedas is not authorized for the twice-born. If you have any sense at all, leave it. It's not authorized. You don't need it. It's not going to take us where we want to go. Those who are devoid of authority to practice the Vedas may be authorized to practice those contrary passages. Now, to get authority to practice the Vedas means you have to be a devotee of wisdom. You have to be a lover of God. You have to be a seeker of unity. And therefore, the followers of Vedas should make all effort to take refuge in the Vedas. By means of the ideal, 
unite with wisdom, and supreme divinity will manifest illumination. By means of the ideal, it manifests the ideal in everything we do, and we will unite with wisdom, and the supreme divinity will manifest her illumination. Abandon all seeking to fulfill desires and take refuge in me. Offering compassion to all existence, banish egotism from your mind. With consciousness engaged in me, with the substance of life in me, that's the root of your life, the substance of your life, the rule is, is godly. In me, delightedly speaking of my places, the sannyasins, manaprastas, grahashtas, and brahmacharyans always worship the imperishable one with devotion in the wisdom of union. They are eternally united with my name, and the darkness of ignorance cannot arise. With the illumination of the sun of wisdom, I destroy the darkness without a doubt. Nashamishaya. This is the exposition of Vedic worship, the first to be explained, O king of mountains. Now I will speak some words in brief exposition of the intrinsic nature of the second form of worship to be explained. On an image for worship, or on a special altar of worship, or in the orb of the sun or the moon, either drawn or in the sky, on water, on a bonalingam, a white uh, shivalingam, a symbol of Shiva, on a yantra, or on a cloth, or in the lotus of a woman's heart. Meditate upon the goddess higher than the highest. Now, here we are leaving the nirvikalpa, and we're worshiping sabikalpa. Well, this is Shagun Brahma. That was Nirgun Brahma. So now, on an image, on a murti, on a beautiful woman, on a beautiful yantra, on a flower, on a candle, on a... In the scenes of nature, conceive of the divinity made manifest. The goddess higher than the highest. With qualities full of compassion and youth, love of all loves. As she came from the churning of the lake of her beauty, her every limb is most beautiful. She's the goddess of the universe. She is full of the sentiment of love and always removes the anxiety of her devotees. This is the prasad of the beautiful face of the Divine Mother, who has a segment of the moon adorning her crown. Her hands hold the noose and the curved sword, the mudra granting blessings and the mudra granting freedom from fear. She is the form of bliss. Worship her with all articles until you have emptied your reservoir. Just worship her until you, you've, you've completed your stash. <laughs> until there's nothing left. <laughs> Give her all you've got. And then give her some more. And if you don't have flowers, give her leaves. And if you don't have leaves, give her pebbles. And if you don't have pebbles, then reach into the garden of delight in your heart and give her the flowers from your heart. Just give her until you've emptied your reservoir. 
until the authority of the inner worship has not been attained, take refuge in my external worship. Don't give up the outside puja. Oh, I'm going to meditate now. <laughs> I'm going to do the puja inside. No, keep doing the puja outside until it becomes so swabavic, swaprakritic. It becomes your intrinsic nature. It becomes the expression of your natural love. And then it will dissolve of its own accord. It should not be abandoned. <clears throat> Do not abandon your puja. Keep practicing until it becomes your life. Not, not just a practice. Not just a, a ceremony. Not a ritual. It's your life. Just like you get up from the bed and brush your teeth in the same way you go to the altar and you share your love with God. Reach into the, uh, the garden of delight and give her all that you can possibly offer her and then give her some more. Share with God to become a God. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you, Srima. Share with God until you become a God. Pretty good advice. Remember that worship is internal when the worshiper along with all is dissolved. It's not internal so long as we're there. If I'm present, I'm not doing the full puja. It's not internal. Only the universal knowledge of my supreme form remains deserted by all attributes. There is no kala, there is no upadi, there is no gun, there is only the knowledge of her supreme form beyond conception. That infinite form then consciousness becomes established in my form of universal knowledge without any other refuge. There's no thing, no second. Compared to the form of universal knowledge, the untrue maya of the manifested world is extremely worthless. Knock, knock. Anybody home? If you get one instant of vision, of perception of this universal knowledge, all the maya that keeps pulling us and pulling us into this world of manifested existence, it's extremely worthless. Guys, duh. It's extremely worthless. Then, to destroy the bondage to objects and relationships, with an intensity of intuition, unite with consciousness without other thoughts. The witness of all, the intrinsic nature of the soul of all. Now, this superior external worship will be explained by me at greater length. Listen with care, O oh excellent mountain. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha Namaste. In the next chapter, she's going to describe more of the elements of the cosmic puja.
the external worship that you perform in order to get the authority to go into the internal worship. Let's see if there are any questions, please. Yes, please. She's saying she's going to describe a superior form of worship, which is the Kazakh Puja. Yes. What's an inferior form of external worship? An inferior form of would be the beginner Shiva Puja. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta start someplace, but it's inferior to the Supreme's uh, 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 upasana of worshiping all the forms of divinity. If you take, we have two forms of puja. One is bhakti, and the other is shamashti. The cosmic puja we translated shamashti as cosmic. It means really, mm, shamashti means universal. It means cosmic. It means beyond the beyond. It means all the forms of existence. Whereas Vyashti or Vyakti means individual. So if you go to a temple and you see one murti on the altar, that is Vyakti Upashna. And if you go to a temple and you see an altar for Shivaldi Panchadev Namaha, you know that all the branches have been encompassed by Hinduism have been in, united in one form of worship. When you find so many different forms of divinity, it's not so that, that because we can't make up our minds, it's because we have made up our mind that we want to worship all. Spirituality is not about building walls and saying, I'm a Vaishnava or I'm a Shakta. Spirituality is about tearing down all the walls and saying, I'm a spiritual child of God. I love God in every form. This is not to limit me. This is to expand me in all directions. And so that's the inferior form of worship is the form that limits us. And the superior form is the form that it, it emancipates us. It frees us to become one with, in harmony with every society wherever we go in every language, in every culture, in every tradition, we can find a way to relate, we can find a way to unite. When you go to a Vyakti Mandir, if you go to a temple where there's only one God, you're going to find so many rules that you have to abide by. But if you grow up worshiping in a shamashti upashana, in a, in a temple which worships all forms of divinity, there are no rules. Your behavior is naturally in harmony with everything and everyone wherever you go. It's not about making rules so that you can conform your behavior, though you'll be in harmony with our tradition. It's about giving us each a sense of, of a belonging so that our behavior is naturally respectful and naturally knowledgeable that we don't want to offend anyone by transgressing their traditions. There's nothing, thou shalt not. You should. Come on in, ihagach. That's what it's about. The difference is. So the superior form of worship will be 
the worship of all divinity in every form, in every way, wherever you go, forever and ever. Hmm. Yes, please. Um, when you talk, we were talking about the Vama, the, the Vama, the Kapalika, the Kaolika, yes. and the Bhairavagamas. Um, <clears throat> these are all paths that are somewhat real, uh, um, discussed in uh, the, the spiritual behaviors from... Uh, yes. And so your translation of like uh, ka uh, Kaola is the behavior of excellence. Right. How, how does that relate to living in the world? Uh, you are in excellent behavior no matter what you're doing. Now, there's a Kolika Shastra, which uh, uh, is very much related to Kapalika. And Kapalika is uh, uh, we're, we're dealing with skulls and death and, and various tantric practices. And there are many such practices in Kola worship as well. So there is one branch of the Kolas uh, which is not practicing Kolacha, as we define it. This is a different, we are in accordance with the Vedic teaching. Uh, and there are many branches of these, uh, followers of these scriptures, which are not in accordance with Vedic teachings. I've met many uh, Agoris that uh, practice the Agamas and the Bhairava Agama Shastra, and they sit with skulls and drink wine in, in the cremation grounds. That's fun too. But... It's not, the, <laughs> but it's not the purpose of our spiritual search. I'm not trying to become the greatest drunkard in the cremation grounds to walk around with skulls. That's but you drink in, uh, from dead body. Yeah. We'll get there another time. <laughs> I practiced, I did try their practices, but they didn't bring me to the highest wisdom of Vedanta. They didn't allow me to inculcate the, the, the knowledge of Sanskrit or the knowledge of, of, of philosophy. You did test. I did test. <laughs> Just put one toe in the water. <laughs> ah. And I did. But it, my path lay somewhere different. I, and I don't despise those who practice that path, but it's not my path. I am not striving to become the, the biggest drunkard in the cremation ground. <laughs> So that is a part of the uh, Bhairava Adam, but it's not the whole thing. There are many other parts of the Bhairava Adam which are in harmony with the Vedas, which respect the Vedic knowledge, which respect, which search for the wisdom of unity, and they teach practices of meditation, and how do you do various forms of pranayama, which will raise your understanding and raise your capacity so that you have greater authority to understand what the Vedas are illuminating. Is some of these practices uh, intended to as we raise in our, in our spiritual practices to test ourselves, uh, to, to introduce worldliness into our practice, rather than being, like doing everything according to, you know, like Dakshinachar or, or uh, Siddhantachar, uh, by introducing worldliness to, to test ourselves to make sure that we do stay in alignment with that path, or, or, or is that not the case? To some people, these may be a minor distraction in their path to supreme unity. To others, they may be, it may be a tangent which takes them for a long journey in a direction other than the, what they propose to do. So I can't speak universally. 
for some people it's tangential and it goes off in another direction and for some people it's a minor diversion and I stuck one, stuck one toe in the water and then I came back to studying Sanskrit and studying the Vedic philosophy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes, please. We have a question from Ramya. <laughs> Namaste, Rami, Mommy. In verse 10, what is the recitation to perform all the time? Is it the meditation on Nirguna or is it Ma's Vishvarup? No, the perceive the consciousness of that. It's Tat Tvam Asi. And perform the recitation, take refuge only in Tat. In that. And it could be the mantra. Ring, ring. Or it could be om, 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 or it could be whatever you choose, Rami. We've written books and books and books of mantras. You can choose the mantra which represents the consciousness only of that. Tat Tvam Asi. Remember, Proganyam Brahma, Tat Tvam Asi, Ayamatma Brahma. Aham Brahmashmi. Choose one of them. Or choose them all. Or choose all that they embody and represent. But choose the mantra and keep that recitation, that jump, tap, continuously. I, I leave that up to you. Which one you choose? Him! <laughs> All right, Rami, you got your answer. <laughs> and you can tell it to Shrini, too. <laughs> Hareem! You have a question from Neelima. Namaste, Neelima! In verse 23, she rises against a dharma and assumes a visible appearance. Is that the form of the deity we worship? Yes, it is. <laughs> that is just what it is. She becomes manifest and we can perceive her and we can see her. We can have a relationship with her. You can eat at her table and she, she'll sing for you. You even washed her dishes. She takes a visible appearance and then we have a relationship with her. There she is. And here I am. And... In Bengali it says Ma Ache Narami Achi Bhavna Ki Ache Amar and jab tag up maki pas in a visible appearance, a prataksha root men. Well, by the way, they accept the head, the kaisa samparpanate. Kya ubalabdi hai samparpane. You can understand immediately what kind of feeling, what kind of relationship. What do I feel when I'm eating with mom and she's cooking for me and she's sticking a bunch of prasad in my mouth? All I gotta do is chew. <laughs> Very simple. Very simple. I, what else do you think about? Wow. Oh, it, 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 yes, Neelima, that's the visible appearance that she takes. So we can have a relationship from her. 
Just like all the girls behind me. They all came, came out of the river and they mixed themselves and they took their forms and they dressed themselves and they said, okay, take us to the Davy Mundir. And they manifest in invisible appearance so we could have relation with them. So she manifests to crush a dharma. So is a dharma blessing us by causing her to manifest? She crushed, uh, she crushed dharma that was adharma that was the blessing to us. She manifested because of our devotion, and our devotion said, "Hey, mom, we are burdened by all of this duality. We would love to be free from the duality. Could we have a little more of you in our lives?" And she will listen. And she will listen. Yeah. That's, it's just written here. That's chapter 11. Oh, yes, please. As a follow-up for that, there, uh, in line 22, um, it says, The secrets of my creation and of my wisdom are contained in the words of the Vedas. Uh, is that the, the deepest uh, authentic love that we can manifest is by studying the Vedas? And, and is that the secret? Or what exactly is the secret? Oh, no, 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 no one can tell you the secret. <laughs> not iti, not iti, it's niti, niti. No one can tell you the secret. They can tell you the sadhana to explore the secret for yourself. But no one can tell you the secret. What are you going to find that's deeply hidden in your heart? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you got to go inside. Love. Oh, Ma's got the answer. All you need is love. <laughs> That's the secret. <laughs> yes, we please. Have a question from Kyle in Los Angeles. Namaste, Kyle. Namaste, Srimad Swamiji. Mm -hmm. Swamiji, isn't Agora more than just external practices like drinking liquor and cannibalism? I've always been told that these are generally considered to be the low-level practices of Agora. Is Smashan Sadhana useful for some people? Yes, Shmoshan Sadhana is very useful for some people. And, and the drinking and uh, the blood and the gore and the guts and the, the skulls and the bones and the everything else is a lower level of the sadhana. There is much more in Agora. Uh, Shiva's face is uh, Sadyojata Bhamadeva Agora. It's one of the faces of Shiva. He is free from fear. He is free from uh, uh, prohibition. He accepts all. He doesn't have any bondage, no limitation. He is Aghor. And yes, Smoshan Sadhana will be useful if you have the right intention. You have the proper instruction. You have a good guru. You have the proper environment conducive to understanding what you're trying to achieve in that sadhana, in the shvashan. Going to the cremation grounds enough, you'll see and observe that everyone who comes there, who leaves, leaves empty-handed. Detached. They become detached. And there is something that we call Shmoshan Boiragya. It's the detachment, the sense of renunciation that comes from sitting in the cremation grounds. And it does make a difference in our lives. 
It makes it, especially if we stay there for some period of time. The problem is after we leave the cremation grounds, once again we are bombarded with stimuli from the world and it says, okay, you've got, you can't live like you're a corpse. You've got to go back to the world. You've got to earn a livelihood. You've got to take care of your mother. You've got to take care of your wife. You've got to... You have so much to do that knowledge will not be helpful to us unless we have the proper context and the proper perspective and the proper environment and we've reached the state of, of our, in our lives where that will be beneficial. And then it could be very, very beneficial. Yes, please. We have another question from Ramya. <laughs> yes, Ramya. The Puranas sometimes contradict each other in their stories. What is the best way to approach them or understand them? Look for self-realization in every word. <laughs> Look for the highest wisdom of unity, the greatest expression of love and generosity, and you'll see that the, the Vishnu Purana says Vishnu is the supreme being, and the Shiva Purana says Shiva is the supreme being, and the Kalika Purana says the, the Kali is the supreme being, and the Padma Purana says Lakshmi is the supreme being. And if you say, hey, how can there be so many supreme beings Then you've come to the realization that there's only one God? And they are all parts of the one God, all expressions of the one God. They are all forms and names for a, a different attitudes, expressions of the one God. You are one lady who is sister to her sister, daughter to her mother, wife to her husband, uh, friend to her friend, devotee to Srima. And you are, you're one person. She is one goddess. She, sometimes she's a he. Sometimes she is Shiva. Sometimes she's Shiva. Sometimes she's Vishnu. Sometimes she's Vishnu Priya. Sometimes she's Lakshmi. Some, she's the same. There's one God. Take all the Puranas and put them together and you've got one story which doesn't contradict any other story. Look for self-realization. How can this knowledge benefit me? And thereby you will reconcile all the differences in all the scriptures. We have another question from Nilima. Yes, Nilima. <laughs> the Dakshinam Samarpayami woven within the Pujas. Is that the Vedic prayer? <laughs> No, <laughs> it is not. Uh, that's the Brahman prayer. <laughs> that is not Vedic. In the Vedas, Pratigraha Bharjit hai. You won't ask for any dakshina. Dakshina is the offering of my heart as a symbol of respect because I love you. I want to empower you because you've done so much for me. You've given me so much. You gave me knowledge. You gave me inspiration. You gave me an example. I am so appreciative. What could I possibly do to say thank you? Dakshinam samarpayami. That comes a little later. <laughs> Yes, please. Earlier was saying that you should always maintain the external worship until the internal worship is attained. Yes. But does that mean until you're like Shrima, or does that mean until you're in Samadhi? So anyone who is in the world... No, Samadhi is not the final attainment. <laughs> Believe me, Samadhi is just a bump in the road. <laughs> until you're Swabhav, 
your prakriti, your intrinsic nature, your swarup, your inner form does not take on that divinity. Keep practicing. Keep striving for that ideal of perfection. Don't give up the ideal. Don't give up the practice until you are made perfect. Even, even if you do achieve samadhi, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Puja. What else would I do? I certainly don't want to go to the party or go to the disco and tell everybody I went into samadhi. I want to, what else would I want to do? I want to spend my life in worship and service. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Namaste.